You're listening to the Poema Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message encourages you, challenges you, and inspires you to see God in a real way. For more information about Poema Church, visit poemachurch.ca. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Poema. Thank you, worship team, for literally ripping a hole right in the atmosphere this morning. That was phenomenal. Um, If you don't know me, my name is Rachel, and my husband, Matt, and I lead pastor here in Hamilton. And we are in a series called Relationship Goals. And I'm switching mics. Thank you. Thanks, Cage. Give it up for Cage. He is the... (laughs) He's the unsung hero of this church. Can I get an amen? Um, so we started out with the intention of having this series be like three weeks long. <laughs> After week one, Matt and I looked at each other. And we're like, no, no, this series is going all the way to Easter. So God bless you guys. And God bless us. We need help in our relationships. Okay. Now, I don't believe that God went through all the trouble of sending Jesus and Jesus dying a terrible death on the cross and resurrecting him back to life just so you and I could go to heaven. It just doesn't make sense, okay? It's a great benefit of having eternal life, but all of that happened so that it would affect the way that we are living here now in our time on the earth. So by looking at the word of God, we should become better friends. We should become better spouses. We should become better humans in general, okay? So technically, our relationships should be goals, okay? The world around us should look at our relationships and say goals, not because they're perfect, but because we have a God who laid out the ideal way for us to live and succeed and thrive in our humanity that he knows all too well. And today I'm going to be talking about handling heartbreak. And uh, I don't know if anyone in here has ever had their heart broken. I know nobody, just me maybe. (laughs) Um, And uh, honestly, I'm not really talking about like, oh, someone dumped me really bad. Although that might be what your heartbreak looks like. Some of us have experienced the loss of a loved one way too soon. Some of us have gone through a divorce. Some of us have been abused. Some of us uh, were abandoned by our fathers. Um, Some of us didn't have a mother. There are so many forms. Some of us have been betrayed by the people closest to us. There are many, many forms that heartbreak takes in our lives. And um, I want to try and speak to that place today. I really, truly feel that I could spend an entire series talking about this. And I really don't want to minimize some of life's most devastating moments down to one Sunday message. So don't think that I'm doing that today. I'm just, I'm trying to get us maybe one step closer to a place of healing. And I have one point today. 
one single point. If you get to know me, usually when I speak, I have one point. <laughs> and you won't forget it, but there's only one. Um, and my point today is that God is very interested in healing our heartbreak. Very interested and very able, okay? But we have to be willing to give him all the pieces. Okay, two very different things. He can be as willing and as able as anything. But if we're not willing, he can't do anything. He will never force his way into your pain. He will never force his way into your heartbreak. It has to be for complete healing, you need complete surrender. And a lot of us think we've completely surrendered because we go to church. <laughs> Please. That is like not even close, okay? I'm talking about like the depths, the deep parts, the quiet, silent, broken places of our lives that maybe no one else even knows about or maybe just a couple people know about, okay? I'm going to get into this today. I'm going to go to Psalm 34, verse 18. It says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. I don't know where we got this idea of God that he is unaware of our brokenness. Because scripture, the Bible, which is the source that we go to to find out who God is, says that the Lord is actually close to the brokenhearted. And he saves those who are crushed in spirit. And Psalm 147.3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. This literally paints a picture for us that God himself is the one who heals the brokenhearted. And I want you to see that it's literally only his hands that are coming to bind up your wounds. It's his hands. Okay? These are promises. You know, we were just singing about the promises of God. Some of you might not really know what those things are. Here in these two scriptures are promises that if you are crushed and you are broken, you can be promised that God is close to you in that moment. But being close to you is not enough. The second promise is that he will bind up your wounds. This is dirt simple, man. It's just, this is the facts. What makes it complicated is us. Because we <laughs> build the barricades and we push everybody away and we go into our dark Quasimodo tower and <laughs> nobody gets me and nobody understands me and blah, blah, blah. And we do the whole drama and like 30 years go by and we're still bleeding on everybody who never cut us in the first place. That just came out. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Yo, write a song about that or something. Whoa. So it may not have been your choice to get your heart broken. Can I be honest? Can we be honest? It's usually not our choice to lose loved ones early, to be betrayed, to be cheated on, to be whatever has ever happened. But I'll tell you what, it is our choice how we respond. 
and how we respond is the choice between life and death. It truly is. Deuteronomy says, I've set before you life and death. Choose. We get to choose which path our lives are going to follow. Life does not happen to you, okay? It is made up of events which you choose the way in which you're going to respond, okay? So we've got some choices to make today when we're talking about handling these painful parts of our lives, okay? Whatever those spots may be. Some of you, a few minutes ago when I was talking about it, it just bubbled up to the surface like instantly, Instantly, you knew exactly where your spots are. And I want to tell you that that is like God's mercy showing you that's the spot that he wants to heal. And some of us might even think that we've already been healed. But healing is a lifelong process. It is a lifelong process. If it was easy they would have found the remedy for it already. The remedy for heartbreak. Okay? So, here's the first choice we have to make. Am I going to recognize this or am I going to rationalize it? All right? A lot of us live in complete denial. I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm great. Okay? We, we blow it off. Okay? We choose... Not to, if I just don't admit that it's there, then maybe it'll just go away. And a lot of us know that that doesn't really work, okay? Pain and heartbreak is like drive-through only. <laughs> have you ever been to those? They don't have them a lot here. They used to have one in the East End called Fast Eddie's. Yes! The only way to get food from Fast Eddie's was to go through the drive-through. You could not walk in, Okay. Heartbreak and pain is drive-through only. The only way is through it. It's the only way. And you know what? You can keep dodging those bullets, but at every intersection of your life, I promise you that thing will come in your face again until you just go through it. Okay? So we can't, we can't avoid it. And so some of us, maybe we've recognized it. Okay, it's there. I see you. I see you, pain. But what we start to do is we start to rationalize it. Okay? Well, this happened because of what he did. This happened because it was all my fault. We blame ourselves. We start to rationalize this pain. So instead of treating it as something that needs to be healed, we recognize it, but then we start rationalizing it, and then we start tolerating these toxic things in our lives because we've rationalized, well, it was my fault anyways, so I deserve it. Or, well, they did it to me, so until I see them get what they deserve, whatever our rationalizations are, they're very real. But healing doesn't come through rationalizing. A lot of times, rationalizing makes it worse. 
It, it really does. Because what starts happening is in order for us as humans to survive, we just start accepting it. I just accept that my marriage is always going to be filled with tension. I just accept that my relationship with my dad is always going to be broken. I just accept my wounds as this is just always going to be a part of who I am. And what I've done is in a nice way, I've rationalized these broken parts of me as if God is not our healer. As if God is not able to restore these areas because of A, B, and C. And I'm going to remind you of my one point today. God is ready and able to heal us. But we have to be willing to stop rationalizing and actually just hand it over to him. Hand it over to him. Listen. Nothing gets better until you recognize that it's a problem, okay? I think we've made that point. If you're living in denial, just stop today. Just make a choice. This thing is real. It is here. I'm not helping anybody by not being honest, okay? But you cannot heal that which you continue to hide, okay? Things that are kept in the darkness don't get a chance to see the light. You have to bring things forward, into the light, okay? And uh, one of the ways, and I know we're not going to like this, or maybe we are, one of the ways that God has designed for us to actually give the pieces of our broken heart to him is through community. Where do we go with this wound? You're looking at them. God has given you a family, a community, where not everybody's perfect. And I'm not saying you're always going to get the right response that you were hoping for. I can't guarantee that. But I can tell you what. You have a place where you can bring the dark things into the light and give them a hope and a prayer of being healed. Because we need confession and we need community in order to heal. Period. That's not a, a God thought only. That is like proven throughout the world. You need, that's why there's support groups. That's why there's places you need to go where you can talk to others who've been through what you've been through. If you just keep suppressing and pushing that thing down, it's just getting worse and worse. So, there's this scripture, Isaiah 61.1, it's talking about Jesus. So when it's talking about Jesus, it's talking about us because we're here to be Jesus. And it says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release the prisoners from darkness. Okay, I want you to think of this binding as like a cast being placed on a broken, broken bone. Okay, the, the cast actually surrounds the broken area, supports it, sustains it, and protects it 
so that healing can take place. And what we're called to do, part of the purpose of the body of Christ, of this community, is right here. We are called to be a part of binding up the brokenhearted, okay? Of proclaiming freedom for captives, of releasing the prisoners from darkness. We may not necessarily be able to be the source of healing for people, but we can be a cast for one another. We can surround one another. We can support one another. We can create a safe environment where healing actually has a chance to happen. But once again, if you want complete healing, you need complete surrender. You have to be willing to let people be this for you. And you're going to go through seasons of life where you're going to be the one who needs people. And then you'll be in another season where you're that person for somebody else. And that is the beauty of community. It's not just like, oh, I'm the broke one and I'm always going to be the broke one. God's full intention is to heal you so that you can be that person for somebody else. So let me ask you this. Do you have any resolve about being healed? Because this is what we look like, okay? <laughs> We're going through it. We're suffering we listen to worship music only. And, you know, we pray every morning at 6 a.m. And we go to church. We get there early. We stay for both services. And, you know, we start doing A, B, and C. And then 9, 10, 11 days later, if we are not completely fixed, <laughs> we're like okay, what's next? Because this obviously is not working. We're silly. <laughs> Say that to my kids. You guys are just silly. Man, we understand this in the physical. If you broke your leg and nine days later, we're like, I should be able to walk on this thing. People would think you were nuts. But when it comes to the deep, deep pains in our hearts, we literally think that God should zap them and they should be fixed. Healing is a long process. Can I just tell you the hope of Jesus is not that he heals you overnight. It's that you have any hope of healing at all. People without him don't. They learn to walk with a limp. They learn to just deal with that thing. And then it becomes more things and more things. And they can't keep a marriage. And their children don't want to be in their life. And they end up alone. Like, we have hope in Christ, but it is not a quick fix. Do you have some resolve to stay committed to the path of healing? Because it's a commitment, it is a commitment that, you know what, Diana, she didn't even know what I was talking about. She's up here yelling, even if I don't see it, yes. God is working even when you don't see it, even when you don't feel it. He is working. He is moving on your behalf. But what we do is if it doesn't work in our timeline, we snatch it all back and we take it back in and we start dealing with it our own way. 
and we start coping however the way A, B, C, D, E, F, G of how we cope. And then we struggle to sing songs like that because I don't know if God's really faithful. He didn't do it in my timeline. God would show you that he's faithful if you would actually trust him and have a little bit of commitment to your path of healing. A little bit of commitment that once I put my chips in and all the pieces of my heart, I don't take them back again. Listen, I want to be healed. I actually want to be healed. Some of you, I don't know if you actually want to be healed. I think you like your pity party a little bit too much. Some of us need to hear this because everybody else in our life feels bad for us and God doesn't. He's up in heaven going, I've been waiting I'm trying to help you. I've put you in a community. You keep running away from them. Okay. Moving on. In order to give God all the broken pieces, you have to keep giving them to him. You have to keep trusting him, and you can't take them back once you've given them to him. Okay, here's my next question. Am I going to rebuild or react? Because here's what happens. When we're hurt and we aren't allowing God to get into that spot, our whole life is one reaction to the next. That's why people move on. They get out of one bad relationship and move right into the next bad relationship because they're not taking the time to rebuild. They're just reacting to whatever it is they just went through. And maybe it's not for you. It's not about necessarily a relationship with a a guy or a girl, but maybe for you, you just react to things that happened to you 25, 30, 40 years ago. And because you're not allowing him to heal it, it's that area is never getting a chance to be rebuilt. You actually think that if you were somewhere else, if it was something else, if you were living in a different place, if you were in a different church, if you had a different spouse, if you had a different job, all of this would be fixed. And we live just completely escape mode. I dream about where I'm going to be that's not here because we haven't taken the time to rebuild. Okay? So a few months ago, I was at the gym and I injured my leg running on a treadmill. Forget lifting weight. I never injure myself lifting weight. It's always when I'm running on a treadmill. And I couldn't walk without, like, my leg was just, like, wrecked. And uh, I was really frustrated. And I'm, I'm trying to hit my goals and I'm trying to make progress. And basically my trainer was like, yeah, we got to keep off the leg for at least a month. Sometimes when you have to rebuild, you got to keep off the leg for a while. You don't need another relationship. 
You don't need another fix. You don't need another endeavor that you're going to try and pursue because the one you are in right now you don't like anymore. You need time to rebuild. You know, I had to take time off the leg in order to allow it to rebuild. But while my injury is healing, my intake matters. So the vitamins, the protein, the things that I'm taking in, they really matter. And when you're healing, your intake matters. God wants to heal you. He's able to heal you. But if every spare moment of your life you're filling it with Netflix or YouTube or music or work or whatever it is that you do, you're not giving yourself a chance to intake. And Christine Kane says this quote, the truth you store up in silence comes back to you in the storm. If you don't know God's word, you're never going to apply God's word. And I'm not talking about putting it on your fridge. I want you to see God's word as your intake your protein, your vitamins, the thing that you're taking in that you don't even realize how it's helping repair and rebuild the broken pieces of you. We need God's word. But it's not just about intake, right? When we're healing from an injury, it's about output as well. So the worst thing you can do is stop moving. Okay, because that injury needs blood flow. It needs circulation, right? So what do we do? We're broken. I can't do it. I'm too broken. I'm too messed up. When in all actuality, sometimes you're just going to have to move when you're broken. Sometimes you're just going to have to serve when you're broken. You're going to have to love when you're broken. You're going to have to keep moving because that's the only way that your injury has any chance of healing is if you're creating that blood flow, we got to rebuild these parts of our lives. It's not enough to recognize them, okay? It's not enough to have resolve to actually want to commit to being healed. We have to surrender to the process of rebuilding. Proverbs 4.23 says this. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. I want you to think of your heart as your life's greatest asset. Because according to scripture, that's what it is. Everything flows from your heart. So if I had a my most valuable asset how would I treat it would I throw it out on the street corner would I open it wide anybody come in I'm open for business when I get a thought in my head thoughts of shame doubt insecurity you know what we do My most valuable asset. Take me for all I'm worth. And we 
give access to things that have no business being in our hearts. Why? Because our hearts are broken. In a million pieces all the time. And what we look at this broken, shattered garbage in our hands. And it is literally your greatest asset. And from it, all life, all life has the potential to flow. But here's what I want you to see today. If you're trying to handle this heartbreak, you actually have to surrender it to God. That's an actual thing that has to take place. Some of us are so covered in scar tissue. You're going to have to like dig up that thing again. But it's still there. And the way that God wants us to do that is through community. Through being there for one another to help one another surround one another, protect one another. He needs us to keep trusting him. Even when we're doing everything that we know we should be doing and we don't feel like anything's happening, we have to keep trusting him. Healing is a process. It takes a long time for complete healing. You are not whole when you said yes to Jesus. Okay? That's a myth. I said yes to Jesus and now I'm perfect. No. You said yes to Jesus and that was day one of a very long journey. With a light at the end of the tunnel, no doubt, but a journey. And when our hearts are broken and they're in a million pieces, we have to give them to him and actually begin to rebuild in that area. And not just live a life reacting. And not accepting love from people because of the one person who didn't love you. Not bleeding all over the people who didn't cut you? Then we have some sort of chance of being whole in any area of our life. But we got to surrender the pieces. And for, for most of us, for the majority of us, this is going to be a lifetime of surrendering. But I actually think that today that while I was speaking, for some of you, hopefully all of us, there's at least one area that we can think of. One moment of real pain, of real devastation, of something that never should have happened to you, of your life's greatest failure, that if you look down you might see that your knuckles have been white. That you've just been 
nope, nope, I'm not ready. But today, I don't think there would be any point in me being here if some of you were not ready to just give it over and don't take it back. Doesn't mean that tomorrow you're not going to struggle. Doesn't mean that tomorrow thought might not cross your mind. I had a friend. She's been trying to quit smoking. Okay, it's a tough habit to kick. She stepped out in faith and laid the cigarettes at the altar and that's something she never could bring herself to do, okay? She was embarrassed. She was afraid. Some of you are holding some cigarettes right now, right in this moment. Maybe it's daddy issues. Maybe it's someone who broke your heart. Maybe it's a leader or a family member that you looked up to. Maybe you lost someone. Whatever that little cigarette package is, she threw it at the altar. She messaged me a couple days later. I failed. I failed. And a lot of us get off the boat at that point. And we walk back to the stage and we pick up our cigarettes. Well, I failed anyway, so might as well, <laughs> might as well go for it. But I'm telling you, you need to leave them at the altar. I don't care if you failed. You got to take the step. You got to do it. You got to lay it at his feet. And even if you relapse 25 times, God's plan for you is still healing. It is, still rest, it is still restoration. It is still to make you new. It is still good and hopeful and the best life that you will never imagine yourself having. And the only person stopping you is you because God is ready and willing and able to heal every broken heart. We just have to surrender the pieces. I'm going to pray for us today. You can close your eyes. Father, I thank you that it was never your intention that we would live in pain. It was never your intention that we would experience brokenness. But God, I thank you that in your word from the beginning to end, it is a story about you working to heal and restore humanity. It's never been about us doing everything right. But God, your story woven throughout every book, every word, every scripture, every verse tells the story of a God who heals, who restores, and who will do whatever it takes to give us the opportunity to surrender. And so today, in this moment right now, we take this opportunity. We may not be ready to give you everything, but right now we think of one thing, one moment, one area where our heart is broken. And today we choose to take a step to surrender those pieces to you.
so that in our future we can look back over the story of our life and see that you didn't waste a moment, you didn't waste a failure, you didn't waste a mistake, but that every single thing that we have walked through now can be a part of something that points people to you. Not that we've been perfect, but that our lives would tell the story of a God who heals and a God who restores and a God who makes all things new. So we welcome you to do that in our lives today. We thank you for this community. We thank you for your word that can be input into us. We thank you that you give us the strength to even give when we're broken. And we thank you for restoration and healing in every single area. It may not be overnight, but we trust you. You're faithful. promises will follow us all the days of our life. We thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message encourages you, challenges you, and inspires you to see God in a real way. For more information about Poema Church, visit poemachurch.ca. Enjoy the message.